Episode 255 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Seminoff, sitting in for Bill. Well, one of our most enjoyable events of the year was held Tuesday night at the Hyatt. It was our annual 40 Under 40 Awards, where we recognize rising young professionals who are bound for great things in our city. A couple of them caught my eye with their stories, and I invited them on the podcast to talk about their careers and why they appreciate Wichita. You'll meet Daniel White of AGH and Quang Nguyen of the Wichita State University Office of Diversity and Inclusion. You'll meet them in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story looks at electric vehicle charging in our city and in Kansas, specifically the lack of charging stations and what federal and state government is trying to do about it. It's clear that now is the time for government to take the steps to meet what will be an increasing demand. Josh Witt's cover story begins on page 14. Our list this week is roofing contractors. See who's at the top and why companies are still highly dependent on the supply chain. The list is on page 10. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly leads section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 20. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Daniel White is Senior Organizational Development Consultant at Allen Gibson Hulick, and he was one of our 40 Under 40 honorees recognized Tuesday night at the Hyatt. Daniel, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kirk. You grew up in Wichita, so tell us where you grew up, where, where did you go to school, what were you involved in as a youngster? Sure. Uh, yeah, I moved to Wichita in elementary school. I was homeschooled for a little bit, ended up going to Trinity Academy for high school and was involved a little bit in sports, a little bit of music, didn't necessarily find my one path in high school, I'd say. Uh, But then I went away for college and uh, I I guess found my path a little bit more or or started to find it, I guess. Uh, What was that path initially and how did you find it? Yeah, so I went to Wheaton College in Chicago and uh, went there, uh, did some more with music then, I got more into that, and really got connected with, I guess, caught the travel bug, and so I uh, ended up spending some time in Europe, doing some other mission trip type things, and then after I after college and doing a little bit of construction work, I headed down to Honduras and Central America and with a buddy down there and uh, taught high school in, in Central America for a little bit. So obviously that's not a spur of the moment decision, but was it a quick decision and, and, and was it part of that path that you wanted to take long term? Tell me what went into the decision. Uh, the decision I, I had this wanderlust and uh had been traveling, you know, while I lived in Chicago doing different things. And my buddy and I just decided, hey, let's 
let's go invest in some kids, I guess, number one. So we were looking at different schools and then we decided and found this school in Honduras and decided to head down there. So uh, it, it really was not too planned out, I would say. So it was, it was more just fulfilling my wanderlust and trying to experience the world a little bit. Talk about life in Honduras. Not many of us have experienced that. Sure. So I, I was one of four American teachers at a bilingual school in Tegucigalpa. And so I taught junior high and high school, uh, sociology, psychology, English literature, uh, kind of a, uh, a jack of all trades teacher, I guess, whatever they needed, and explored the country, had a really great time. Um, it was before... Uh, all of the drug violence, I guess, moved into Honduras. So it was just a year or two before that. So now it's, I think, the murder capital of the world, but it was not quite like that back then. So it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And this was about 15 years ago, as I recall, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you, it's, what interests me is you said in your 40 Under 40 video on Tuesday that, that you left Wichita for college and really didn't expect to come back. Now you're in Honduras. Yeah. And then you make the leap and you're back in Wichita. Tell us how that happened. Well, so my friend that I had gone down there with was going to get married. So he decided to move back to the States. Uh, there were other transitions happening at the school. So I came back to the U.S. and didn't know where to land. So obviously I came home to stay at my parents while I figured out where I was going next, applying for jobs all over the country and got connected with a local nonprofit that does international medical work. Uh, they had started in Bolivia, South America. And so I thought, well, uh, this seems interesting and to continue down the path. And so I, I stuck around here and started working for them doing volunteer coordination, operations management, that sort of thing. And so I was there for almost seven years. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I guess what I didn't ask is when you said you left Wichita and you, you weren't thinking about coming back, why not? Yeah, so I, I got a taste of the big city, got a taste of travel. And in my mind, Wichita was really a, a really different place in the late 90s, I think. Mm -hmm. It's grown quite a lot since then. There's been a lot, a lot of different cultural things that have gone on. Uh, just people moving back and reinvesting in the city. And so I guess I felt like I had moved past it or that it was just, uh, it didn't have some of the things that kind of drew me to the rest of the world. And, but when I moved back, I saw some of these changes, decided it might not be too bad of a thing. And I got to kind of have my cake and eat it too, because I was traveling all over the world, helping to uh, do healthcare stuff. And so I still got to travel quite a lot. And uh, slowly uh, decided that I needed to move on to other things as I, you know, got married, ha started having a family and decided I didn't want to be gone all the time. It's, it seemed like Hospitals of Hope, right, was, was right in your sweet spot for, for what you yeah. like to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was helping people. Um, it was traveling. It was faith-based. So all those things were, were really great for, for what I did. You met your future wife while you're here in Wichita. Uh, at what point did you say it, it's time to settle here? 
Well, even after we got married, um, we she some of what drew me to her was that she's from Wichita and has lived here most of her life. But we connected actually over. She was moving to Haiti for a, uh, a basically to go serve there in a volunteer capacity. And so we started dating actually when I was living in Wichita and she was living in Haiti. And then it's a little a funny story, but then um, we both, when we got married, still weren't sure if Wichita was the place for us and thought about different things, but then really uh, figured out this is a great place to live. Um, our families are here. Uh, really what we both love about Wichita is just the opportunities that are available to jump in, to do what excites you, to do the things that you love to doing, and to kind of lead the pack and, and help to shape the culture of Wichita in that way. And so my wife is really into the fiber arts, sewing, and all of that sort of thing. And um, so there's just a lot of things that kind of we slowly came to the realization that Wichita is a, a great place to be. And so we've dug in deeper. Mm -hmm. And now you're at one of Wichita's top, you know, top regarded companies, AGH. Tell us how you made the transition there. Yeah, so you're kind of getting the theme that my life is a little bit of a wandering <laughs> path here. Uh, so when I was at Hospitals of Hope, I went back to school to get my master's. I thought I'd get an MBA, but then I was over at Friends University getting some information and heard about their organization development program and uh, got basically connected there and started that program. Uh, went through it, really loved it. And just thinking I would use it wherever I was at in whatever organization, Hospitals of Hope or, or otherwise. And then even started teaching. So all of these things combined, right? They had just revamped their curriculum. They were starting to do a, uh, an international capstone to their, their master's program where students who had just gone through two years would then be able to go serve a nonprofit organization in another country and do a, a week-long free consulting trip, essentially, to help out nonprofits, but then also give them real-world experience. And so at Friends, they asked me to help lead that because of my background, obviously, in doing a lot of that stuff internationally. So I did that and, and got some of that experience under my belt. And then when it was time to transition from um, AGA or from uh, Hospitals Hope, stop traveling, make a little more money to support my family, um, I started exploring my options and got connected with Marjorie Ingle and Derek Nielsen here at AGH. Um, in the organization development department. And I had never considered going and becoming a consultant necessarily, but uh, talked with them, really loved the vision they had and the passion and their experience, obviously. And so I got connected here and have been here for eight years now. Is there a type of personality that needs to fit the role of organizational development and, and developmental leadership? Uh, do you have to be a certain type of person? So I'd say there's different approaches to it. The way that we approach things, actually, a lot of the people that have fit into our culture here have kind of a medical background. And I'm not um, medical specifically in my training, but um, 
being obviously involved in a medical nonprofit for a long time, uh, really we take a medical sort of approach to organizations. We've got to go in, we've got to diagnose, to, to take the vitals, to diagnose what's the problem and then to come up with the right solution. So we ask a lot of questions. We're curious about things. We see the big picture and we've got a lot of tools in our belts to help. So we're not a um, one solution sort of sort of thing. So people that do well here have that sort of diagnosis, the, the doctor curious mentality of what's going on here and how can we look at a big picture and put together the right pieces to help you. So mm-hmm. Uh, does that also transition to your to your role in the community? You've you've volunteered for so many things, and you're part of so many volunteer organizations uh, to make the city better. Obviously, um, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So again, d- diving into Wichita, I see the different needs and see different pieces and ways that I could help. And part of what I enjoy doing is seeing this need and helping to get some momentum and start something and create something. So when I was at uh, Young Professionals of Wichita, which is now W, um, serving on an action team and then on their board and other things, uh, somebody had, we were brainstorming, coming up with ideas and somebody had said, well, somebody out, a group in South Carolina started this group mentoring program for their, their young professionals. And so I kind of latched onto that and talked to them out there and just was like, wow, this is great. So I started up something here locally and, you know, got Jeff Turner and Ben Hutton and uh, Sherry Utash and all these people bought into this idea of taking groups and mentoring them of young professionals to develop those relationships, help young professionals grow with people who aren't in their industry or in their a specific company. So that's just one example, but it's really, uh, yeah, seeing needs, diagnosing it, and then figuring out how can we make something that helps fit that. I was just about to ask why it's important to you. And I think that, that that's kind of the reason. Uh, last question, you're 38 now, and I, and I know you're building a house with your family. Yeah. Uh, tell me about building a house, first of all, and then is it is it too early to say if you're in Wichita for the long haul? <laughs> Well, so uh, back again, I'm pulling on all this experience I had after college. I worked as in home remodeling for a couple of years. And um, I've over the years, we've lived in some houses as we've fixed them up, done some rentals, that sort of thing. Uh, we've always been, my wife and I, uh, thinking about what's this long-term future look f- like for us on the house front and uh, found an old mid-century house that needed a whole bunch of work and said, okay, I think this is it. We're going to dive in. And so far I'm doing a lot of the work. I'm going to hire some of it out, but yeah, we, at this point, you know, we're, we don't see anything else besides Wichita in our future. Our families are here. Uh, we're building a great house. Hopefully that we are going to love um, great community, lots of opportunity. It's, it's exciting to see. And uh, I just, continue to hope that we can get others involved and excited about building Wichita because I think we just got to get more of that uh, the mass of people doing that and it's just gonna uh, the switch is gonna flip I think <laughs> not that it already has and like I said there's been a lot of great changes but I think there's a lot of good momentum certainly a much different city than you saw in the late 90s yes for sure
<laughs> well, Daniel, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. And congratulations again on 40 Under 40. Hey, thanks so much, Kirk. I really appreciate it. Quang Nguyen is a communications and marketing specialist in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion at Wichita State University, and he's one of our 40 Under 40 honorees for 2022. Quang, thanks for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. You, you grew up in Wichita. Tell us where. Tell us where, where you went to school. What kind of a kid were you growing up? Yeah, of course. Um, so I was born and raised here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, however, uh, growing up, I always went to Hayesville School District. So I, I always lived in that cusp of Wichita and Hayesville and always having to um, choose whether I attend Wichita schools or Hayesville. And and my school always decided to make us go to Hayesville. So I grew up going to uh, Freeman Elementary all the way up to Hayesville Middle School and Campus High School. So um, I'm a Hayesville kid <laughs> from here. <laughs> Tell us, you know, you're a, you're a communications and marketing specialist now. What interested you growing up to kind of head towards that field? Yeah, um, to give some backstory, um, my parents did not anticipate me to be a communications and marketing specialist whatsoever or anything in terms of business whatsoever. They always anticipate me to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, um, very much the Asian stereotype um, of sort. And so I, I always wanted to do something else. I always wanted to go outside my comfort zone and, and do something that I always like to do. And how I got into marketing was venturing out into graphic design. And when I was in high school, I joined um, this group called Youth Entrepreneurs of Kansas. Mm -hmm. And that's what led me to love more about the business side of things. And that's what got me into marketing and how I loved um, being able to create your own business and being able to market your, your own products, your market, your own services. And, and that's what how I fell in love with that passion of mine. And so that, that's where I ended up being that marketing specialist. Youth Entrepreneurs is a, is a organization that we've written a lot about in the past over the years at the, at the WBJ. Tell, tell me about uh, whether you joined that group willingly or did a teacher kind of shove you into it? Uh, or did you, were you looking forward to, to getting into a, some business background? So I actually had some friends who were in youth entrepreneurs and it really sounded very fancy when um, I was a freshman and I joined it my 10th grade year. Um, and what sparked me was through um, knowing people who wanted to start their own business plan. And, and that, that kind of interested me in trying to venture out and just learning more about what youth entrepreneur of Kansas did at that time. And I know um, they helped jumpstart being able to help young individuals, young students being able to um, introduce ideas and, and plans for their companies um, and, and being able to launch it at their own high schools. And so when I joined um, Youth Entrepreneurs, I, I kind of did it willingly because it it kind of led me more into learning more about what that program was and how that would help me in my long-term future, which was going into business. I kind of knew that I was interested in business 
since my uh, ninth grade year. Um, I actually was in a competition where I did some graphic design uh, competition and I kind of went in not knowing what to do. And I ended up being first place in that. And, and it, that's what led me to continue on joining youth entrepreneurs and, and youth entrepreneurs was been, has been helpful in helping me uh, pursue business and marketing. And now you're working for your alma mater. Uh, tell yes. us what that's like, and then tell us what you do in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. I know sometimes communications and marketing can, like you said in your video, be a jack of all trades. Yes. So um, I, in 2014, I was about to study abroad in South Korea, and I was working at another company at the time doing a lot of enterprise resource planning. So something that was outside of my comfort zone as well, uh, nothing related to marketing. And so um, I was in college, um, just being able to do something alongside of business. I thought I was going to do a lot of IT technical related stuff. Um, and then in 2014, I decided to study abroad, go to another country, then I came back here, I had asked, I, I had always been close to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, um, even prior to, um, before then, um, as a student, I was an ambassador, um, meaning that I was a student representative serving for the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. It was under a different name at that time. Uh, it was called the Multicultural Affairs. Um, and so I had asked for a job before I left for, uh, for study abroad. And um, my boss, who is Alicia Sanchez, many of you may know who she is uh, in the community. She hired me on right before I left for South Korea. And then I came back, was able to showcase my skills as a marketing intern. That kind of that internship kind of came into a full-time opportunity where I served as a communications and marketing specialist um, in 2015 after I graduated. And now that I'm in this position for quite some time now, it's been um, a, a continuous challenge um, and, and evolving, evolving situation for me because I always get to learn new things. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm complacent whatsoever. I'm always growing in my position. Um, I always have the opportunities to be able to do marketing, not only within the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, but uh, outside of the university, as well as other university departments and areas as well. And so that has always, um, my boss has always allowed me to be able to venture out and be able to utilize my diversity and inclusion platform that my education on diversity and inclusion to be able to enhance my marketing. Um, in, in this position because um, it's so important to be able to portray those messages out to other organizations out in the city of Wichita. Um, I've been able to work with, uh, let's say the Kansas Hispanic Education and Development Foundation to be able to work with them, um, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce to be able to work with them as well, um, inclusive growth strategies, um, various organizations in the city of Wichita. Mm -hmm. And you revealed in your video on Tuesday night that you're doing this also while being a caretaker at home. Uh, tell yes. us about that. Yeah, so in 2017, my mom suffered through a brain aneurysm and that kind of led to a stroke. Um, she is so, uh, fortunately she survived uh, that, um, but with a stroke, it kind of led her to 
um, being paralyzed. And so uh, for me being the youngest, I, um, me alongside with my dad, we've been caretakers for her, being able to uh, care for her uh, at home, trying to balance my, my work life situation, full, working full time, and then, and then taking care of her at home full time as well. And so um, it's been a challenge, but uh, we've been able to manage through that uh, these past few years. I've been learning a lot about insurance. I've been learning a lot about physical therapy, occupational therapy, all those kinds of things. Um, I feel like, um, as I mentioned in my video as well, I'm a jack of all trades. So not only that I'm, uh, I feel like I'm an expert uh, in marketing, but I'm also, I feel like I'm an expert in anything uh, that deals with healthcare wise as well. I can't say I'm a doctor or anything of the sort, but, um, uh, but it's been very helpful for me to understand that it's very important that you should care for your parents. Um, your parents have, um, uh, there's a lot of uh, thought and appreciation and thankfulness for them just, be able, just because they have raised you up um, so much. Um, and for me, being able to be here um, being able to get an education from Wichita State University. I'm a first-gen college student, so my parents didn't get a college degree, and so it's been very important um, for me to be able to give back to them as much as possible, and being able to care for her um, as much as possible is probably one of the most important things for me. And then as for my dad, he's getting a lot older as well, so caring for him too, um, making sure that they're both happy, content uh, is one of the most important things that I could see in, in my life um, right now. And so that, that is why I, I do my best to um, make them happy and make them proud. Um, and so I work hard, not only in my job, but also work hard at home as well. You sound like a wonderful son. I'm, <laughs> I'm tearing up even just listening to you. And I, I'm sorry about that. I, I do want to point out that you were one of our, our 340 under 40s selected as, as a Pat Ayers Mentoring Award recipient. Uh, we've been handing out the, the mentoring awards for eight years now, and those they're given to, to, to people who, to 40 under 40s who mentor in the community and take a real emphasis in it. Uh, tell us about what you do mentoring students at the university. Yes, of course. Um, so first off, uh, thank you for this award. Um, it was actually a shock to me. I was kind of surprised yesterday as I was sitting there. And so um, I, I really appreciate uh, uh, Wichita Business Journal for awarding me uh, this Pat Ayers Mentoring Award. But at Wichita, Wichita State University, I have the opportunity to work with students on a daily basis. Um, these students are uh, pave the road to, to continued success for this institution. And so um, being able to work with them on an individual basis, um, in a group basis, um, through student organizations have been uh, one of uh, the niches that I get to do on a daily basis. I, uh, I have the opportunity to um, help them with their leadership skills, help them with their personal skills, their professional skills, and even their life skills too. Um, not oftentimes they, uh, there's a student who has the opportunity who would say um, they had someone who has helped them along their way during times of trouble. And so uh, for me, I, when I was in college, I had a mentor 
um, when I was in college, um, being able to ask them for help and all that. And so um, knowing that that has always resonated back to me, um, I always wanted to make sure that I help the next set of students as well, um, whether or not they needed it um, as well. And so that is something that I am very passionate about is making sure that every student uh, is inspired by the work that um, my office does or even the work that I do on a daily basis. Because um, just because I do the marketing for the Office of Diversity and Inclusion for Wichita State University, it's also the stories that our students portray at, at this institution too. It's the stories that, that these students create. Um, we always want, we emphasize at this institution that it's the stories that these students um, uh, talk about, about this institution that, that makes what Wichita State University great. And so um, how I can make that positive as much as possible is by helping them. Um, and, and so by helping them understand why it's important to go to class, why it's important to uh, stay in school, why it's important to take care of their mental health and for self-care. Um, it's always great to see those students thrive in those situations. And, and also, it's also helpful to see that um, when you're in times of trouble too, um, that you can seek help as well. For me, um, knowing that I've been caring for my parents as well, I, I go through a lot of trouble as at times too. And so being able to have that support system from the students and being able to have a source of support system from my colleagues and, and my boss as well, it's, it's like a huge family support for me too. Um, and so knowing that I'm able to make an impact on another student's life um, or even another peer's life uh, is always uh, something that I, I love doing. And I hope to be able to have more peers um, to be able to provide mentoring to, because um, as uh, under my role, I have one intern um, who pursues in marketing. Um, and so whether they may continue in a marketing position or not, um, that is something that I always uh, anticipate is that they, they love what they want to do in their life. And so that is something that I, I like to um, provide to them is just helping them out. I've always been a big believer that every college student one good mentor along the way for success. Hmm. Final question, this is a fun one. Uh, your 40 Under 40 video included photos of your three dogs. Yes. Which I will say are the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen. And <laughs> It, it got, especially your third dog, and I forget their names, they, all three of your dogs got this big awe from the crowd, just like, oh, these are just cute dogs. Tell me about them. Yeah, so um, my first two dogs, Aki and Haru. So um, Aki and Haru are, are full-bred chihuahuas, and so they are brothers, and so we adopted them um, right around the time that my mom had her brain aneurysm. Um, I, and my dad was going through some rough times as well, trying to be at home. And so uh, to be able to keep him company at home was, uh, was to keep some, some pets around the home too. And so um, they've been able to keep them company at home while I'm at work. And of course, um, uh, we had them for quite some time 
already so since so since 2017 and then uh one day i came home last year um during the summer and i heard some whimpering and i was like which dog is that i thought my my chihuahua or like one of my chihuahuas uh was uh hurt or something i was like who, who's like hurt or something then i see a cage and toby came into my life and my dad was like um i adopted toby um he was just too cute to not not have and so uh, so we adopted him. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, a third dog. I, I never anticipated to have a third dog in my life. So uh, Toby is a new addition to our family. Um, and so everyone's been wanting to see Toby uh, forever. Um, and so uh, that's how I was able to get all of them. Uh, and, and they've been in our home. Uh, and loved and cherished all the time. And so I, I've been able to take some photogenic photos of them and being able to post on social media. And all that, that was definitely good photography. <laughs> and I'll try, to, I'll try to do a screen grab from that video and we'll embed it on our blog with yes. the podcast. Well, Quang, thanks so much for joining me. It was great to hear your story and congratulations again on being a 40 under 40 this year. Well, thank you so much. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week. Episode 255. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.